everyone. This is episode 727 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, July 3rd, 2020. I am your host, Mark Cusinez, and today I'll be talking about West of Dead, Super Mash, Night Call, and Waking. But before I get to what I've been playing, there's one bit of news I want to talk about, and that is the news regarding NBA 2K21 and its pricing structure for next-gen platforms, and it's take on the smart delivery system and if you don't already know 2k21 for next gen consoles xbox series x i was going to call it the 1x and playstation 5 is going to cost 70 dollars instead of 60 dollars and this change doesn't bother me if all games AAA games moving forward with the next generation are 70 dollars that makes sense it should have happened a while ago but what I don't like about what 2K is doing is that if you want to get both versions of the game, so say you want to buy the game for current-gen platforms because it'll come out before the next-gen platforms come out, assumedly. I'm not sure when 2K21's release date is, but we can assume that the next-gen consoles are coming out around November. Maybe one of them will go for an earlier launch. Who knows? There have been rumors about both coming out as early as September, October. But if you want to get both versions of the game, it'll cost you $100 for the whatever-the-fuck edition it's called. And that's real shitty. And, and to that, I say, fuck off. That's That just makes me not want to buy your game at all. I, I look at that, and I'm like, well... I'm 100% not buying either version. I'm not going to buy this $100 version and I'm just going to I'm going to wait until the game costs pennies. I mean it's it's never going to cost pennies, but it, it that is 100% incentivizing me not to buy your game anywhere near full price when you do shit like that. I I I don't mind a hike in MSRP, but when you are unless they are so unbelievably different if the 2K21 for Xbox One, PlayStation 4 is a completely different game than the PS5 Series X version, then maybe I can understand it to some point. But if it's just, you know, slightly better looking, slightly sweatier, then fuck off. That is bullshit. And yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. $70 for games moving forward, fine. Makes sense. Should have happened years ago. $100 to get cross-gen games? Uh-uh. I I am not doing that. And, and any company, this is the first that it's had. Like, e, this makes what EA was doing initially seem like such a consumer-friendly thing to say, okay, if you buy the current-gen version of Madden, then you have however many months to get the upgraded version for free. And they then change it, of course, as you most likely no to giving you the upgraded version for free any point before the next Madden comes out. So Madden 21, you can upgrade for free until Madden 22 comes out. But uh, this this is just absolute bullshit, and I'm not a fan of it. So, yeah. Now that that's out of the way, let me talk about what I've been playing. So... I'm going to get Waking out of the way first because I played about a minute of it and that's when I deleted it 
and won't be returning to it anytime soon because it is broken in its current state. And I'm specifically talking about the Xbox One version, which is where I played it. It is a game about, I don't know exactly what. It does give you a mental health warning that if you suffer from any kind of or, or certain types of mental illnesses that you should maybe not play the game. It just gives you the warning. Like, you should know your own state, your own mental state, and if you are okay with a game that touches upon a subject matter like this. And I like seeing that warning, but I think if it's not, it should be in the description of the game itself on the store page so that people can see that before buying the game and not buy it and then see the warning be like, oh, well, shit, I don't know if I can deal with this. And not every platform, not every marketplace has a very good refund policy in place or a refund system in place i know that steam has something that's pretty easy to do from what i've heard i've never done it on steam but microsoft has a very easy way to get a refund that i've used on a few occasions for things that i've accidentally purchased twice once with just cause three i think i bought the xl version not knowing that i owned pretty much all the like it didn't show me as owning the DLC that was included with the Excel version or something like that. So I was like, uh, can I, I already own this. Can I get a refund? And then I accidentally bought a consumable for gems of war that I already bought thinking I didn't already get it. And yeah, got a little refund for that, but waking you're in a coma or something. You're like in a hospital bed, I think. And I guess you're exploring your mind. I'm not sure because the game features on Xbox One again, incredibly terrible screen tearing. It is horrendous. And at first I was like, is it is it screen tearing or is it just some weird thing going on with the foliage on the ground? Because I had the camera angle low for the first bit of when I started playing and the grass kept cutting in weird ways that looked like screen tearing, but I wasn't sure if it was just that the grass wasn't high that and i wasn't sure if it just wasn't high fidelity grass and it looked really shitty and if you lower the camera you just saw how bad the grass actually was but then i moved the camera and moved it around more and was just attacked on all ends by horrendous horrendous screen tearing it was the worst screen tearing i've seen since arc first launched on xbox one and i think that's been improved significantly since it launched however many years ago at this point, but waking for me as someone who really hates screen tearing is unplayable in its current state. And that's why I just stopped playing after a minute. If even that, all I can say about the game itself is that it took maybe a minute to load initially, which was not ideal. That definitely wasn't a great first impression. And then you have a double jump in the game, and your second jump is super fucking high. You probably can jump maybe five feet in the air with your first jump, and then maybe another 10 to 15 feet with your second one. So that was unexpected. I was like, holy shit. Got some mad hops, yo. But uh, as far as the game goes, I can't speak to it because the screen tearing is so bad, it was giving me a headache within a minute, and I had to get the fuck out of there. So at least on Xbox One, in its current state, I find Waking to be unplayable. And if you're somebody who doesn't 
like screen tearing. And I don't know how anyone could be okay with screen tearing, especially screen tearing to this extent. If, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't mind seeing minor screen tearing if it shows up in this small section or if it shows up here and there, that's not the case with waking. It is constant. It is all over the screen and it is unbelievably distracting. It's just, it's super disappointing because I want to see what the game is about. It seems like it could be interesting, but it just, with the screen tearing, I just can't deal with it. Then West of Dead is a third-person cover-based shooter, twin-stick shooter, with a very zoomed-in isometric type of camera where you are playing as this skeleton dude in purgatory, and it's a roguelite. And it's set up in terms of your upgrading like Dead Cells in a, in a way where you are going through these areas, and then when you clear them and leave the area, you will come across this woman who you can give your sins to to work towards various upgrades like giving yourself a health flask or new starting weapons and the like and it's it's all right i love the look of it this is a game that you may remember from maybe e3 last year that featured a really high contrast visual style and ron perlman as the narrator or I think you are technically Ron Perlman, and he's just narrating his life to you. But the the thing about it is that, narratively speaking, I am kind of interested, but it's already sort of stopped delivering me with new information, and it repeats certain bits of dialogue in, in situations where it's just like, okay this is happening in this scene where there are these enemies and you're just saying the same thing over and over again already after 15 minutes, it would start repeating dialogue. I'm like, okay, I don't like that. But in terms of gameplay, you go into cover automatically. You don't have to press a button and you automatically lock onto enemies if they are in light and there will be lanterns around the various rooms that if they're not turned on, you can turn them on you can ignite them, and that will stun enemies within a certain range for a short period of time. You do melee damage automatically if you're up close, and you can carry two guns at a time. And there's no reloading, or there, there's no reload button. You, you reload automatically, so you have to stop what you're doing to let it automatically reload. If you do anything like dodge roll or anything, your reloading will stop. And it it feels okay, but it it is also and and it feels okay, but it's a little bit wonky in terms of the way it all controls. And getting into cover sometimes doesn't automatically happen, which can lead to a death, which is frustrating. The lock-on feature is good when it works, but when it doesn't work, oh man, that is the worst. That is probably the worst West of Dead feels is when the lock-on feature which you can't turn off it's just there and you can't adjust it when it doesn't work according to plan when you are trying to hit a certain enemy and you're aiming at it because like no matter whether or not you're going to hit a certain enemy via the lock on or whatever you are aiming your reticule with the twin stick with the, the right stick and whether you're aiming at someone or not whoever the system the game has decided to lock onto that's who it's going to shoot and i had multiple times where i am 
clearly aiming in one enemy's direction, but it ends up shooting somebody else. I'm like, no, I, I don't need to deal with that person right now. They are not the most important threat. And those situations also led to frustrating deaths. And that is just the the big problem with West of Dead is that it's got some good ideas. It looks great. I love hearing Ron Perlman's voice. And when it works, it feels really good. But it doesn't work all of the time. And I'm sure they can make adjustments, updates, and all that. And it'll feel a bit better. So it's a game I'd like to return to. But it's it's just a little off right now. And if you want to check it out for yourself, it is part of Game Pass on Xbox One, I believe. So you can try it out there for free if you are an Xbox One owner and a Game Pass subscriber. So definitely check it out. It's not terrible or anything. It just could use a, a bit more polish. And I think it could be something pretty good. Also, with the, the, the narrative and all that, part of me kind of wishes it wasn't a roguelite and that it was more of a traditional linear story and not this thing that has you repeating the same areas over and over and over again that all look the same and don't feel all that different like given that it is procedurally generated when you jump into a new area after you've died or whatever it just feels very samey and the environments themselves aren't that interesting at least so far but yeah that's west of dead which I believe is on Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I don't think it's on PlayStation 5. Then there's Super Mash, which conceptually is interesting, but it just doesn't work at all. And I'm not even sure how you would make it work. The basic gist of Super Mash, and there is a story which is whatever, I didn't care about it, but the basic gist of it, its little shtick, is that you take two genres you have this console or whatever that can take two cartridges at the same time and so you have these cartridges for different genres and you can put two of them in there together and then it will mash up the genres and create a game procedurally whatever from these two genres and throw in a bunch of little pieces from this and that and then give you this game and that's cool conceptually but in practice the game's just play like shit and they're weird and they just they don't work Uh, an example of a game that i made was i took the stealth genre and then i mashed it up with the shmup genre and what i got was basically metal gear for nes but instead of playing as a person as a spy as snake i was a plane that walked around and what made it so stupid and just I I guess this is what you would get if you tried to mash up those genres. I didn't have to be stealthy because I had missiles and an unlimited supply of missiles. And they were homing missiles. So I just went from screen to screen looking for this blue key card. And I fucking killed everyone. I didn't try to be stealthy because it didn't matter. So, yeah, it's, it's an idea that I really like. Being able to mash up genres and see what happens. But... In practice, it just doesn't work. And I don't know how you make it work. I don't know how you would really have that happen. I feel like this is something that, as a game itself, doesn't, it just doesn't work. You can't make it work and actually be fun and good. This is something that is more apt for game jams. Let's have a game jam where we take 
the stealth genre and the shmup genre and we try to put them together and we just have a bunch of small indie developers doing what they can to try and come up with good games that take these two genres and put them together and i think that would lead to more interesting products than this game that is ambitious it's ambitious trying to just have a a a game that makes you that allows you to create these games just by picking two genres and putting them together there's not a wide variety of genres and some of them are just like well i don't want to make a metroidvania mixed with anything in here because metroidvanias are historically longer experiences so what you're just going to give me this very short thing where it's like hey find the key card in this one too they're they're all pretty basic and what you have to do to quote unquote complete the game like collecting this much money or finding this item etc but yeah that is super mash and then night call is a murder mystery game where you are a cab driver and you are trying to find i think there are four or five cases and i played through the first one the judge and you were part of a the and you got attacked along with your passenger i think this is how it played out and one of the cops working on the case comes to you and is like hey i need you to help me find out who this person is who did this uh, and get evidence and blah 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 and the way it works out is that you have an overworld map and it'll be full of various people's pictures and these are all fares you can pick up. So you go around picking up fares, you'll have conversations with them, they'll be telling you about their lives and like the whole thing is that you can potentially help with the case and get information that cops etc can't get because you're this cab driver and you're just super easy to talk to so people are going to let their guard down and give you information whereas they wouldn't give that to anyone else and i kind of like the idea but the way it ends up playing out in the game is that you just go around picking up fares hearing about their day their week their life story and then taking them to their destination and then every now and again randomly or maybe after a certain period of time that passes, they're like, okay, now it's time to give you a real fare with some actual concrete information regarding the case that you're currently dealing with. And because of that, it never really felt like I was solving a murder mystery. I just felt like a cabbie who was doing my job, and then some person would just be a chatty Cathy and start telling me stuff that I never asked them. I was just like, okay. Oh, I've got some evidence now to put on my little board and try and figure out who the real suspect is out of the five suspects I have to go with. And I'm like, this, it just felt like the murder mystery stuff was tacked on to this very, not, not simple, but just like, I would rather it just be a taxi driving game where I'm going around picking up fares and talking to people and interacting with them for occasional chill experiences which I think you can't do because there's a free roam mode and I'm guessing in that you're never going to run in any type of murder mystery situation but as far as the scenarios go the cases what I played it didn't work for me because it just felt like the the murder mystery stuff the investigation all that jazz was tacked on and when I would get home after a day's work and look at my little board with the new evidence and look at the various suspects and trying to see if any clues 
make it more likely to be this person or that person. None of that felt good. I, I didn't really like any of that. But I did enjoy picking up people and just talking to them. I enjoyed that bit. And if that is something that may sound appealing to you, it, it could be worth checking out. I'm not sure it might be on Game Pass as well. I got a code for it as well as West of Dead, so I'm not sure about that. But um, if it does sound kind of interesting, it may be worth checking out. It's at least different. And yeah, the, the dialogue isn't too bad. The stories aren't too bad. And the way you can interact with them. And, and sometimes the dialogue definitely pushes you into certain directions where it's like, okay, this person has this thing going on in their life. And the questions or the things you can say to them if they're being quiet initially are blah, blah, and blah. And the third blah is something that you might not actually ever say to somebody right off the bat when you don't know them. But it makes sense in the context of this situation because... It is something that will get them to start speaking because it is something related to them. And it just so happens that you, for whatever reason, decided to have that as one of your options. So sometimes the dialogue feels convenient, or at least your your choices feel convenient, initially just to get the, the ball rolling in terms of the conversation. But yeah, it's it's not terrible, but it could be better. They could have meshed the the two aspects of the game a bit better. You also have to worry about fuel and stuff like that, and you, and you are getting money from your fares. You have to worry about expenses. You can get to points where you can pay for evidence or pay for tips and stuff like that. And, yeah, worth checking out if those types of games interest you. But that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. I have a lot of Attack the Backlog stuff to work on this weekend. Hopefully I'll get a lot done. But I'm expecting the Mini Ninjas episode to be the next one for Sunday. And then I have to double check where exactly in the the numbering that is. Because I think I'm around 47, 48. So I want to make sure that I have the Link to the Past episode primed and ready for number 50 when that date comes. And then I will be good to go. I just need to now write the script for A Way Out. And then all the scripts will be written. I, I record all the audio for all the other scripts. So once that is done and recorded, I don't know what I'll play next. I keep thinking about Rage. Rage is something that's been on my mind for like six months or something. So I feel like I should finally get around to playing that. And then there was something that I wish I remembered that I wanted to play. Because I kind of want to play something very different from the norm. And I don't know what that is. Part of me wants to play a platformer and I want to start back in the day with something like Banjo, but also I don't know if I, I remember playing a little bit of Banjo and thinking to myself initially, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I already don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing and I don't want to deal with that a bunch. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Rage will probably be the next game I play or maybe Max Payne, Max Payne 3 specifically, not Max Payne. I could go back to that. Who knows? Nobody knows. But once I get everything done and have a nice cushion again, I will feel more relaxed and I will be free to do some other things that I want to do because I've been slammed in all directions and appointments that should have taken an hour and then ended up taking five plus hours and it was just an absolute nightmare. This week just kind of ended up having a lot of lost time and was frustrating because of that. But that will 
do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krishnes. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, which is where I attack games in my backlog. As I was just talking about, I play the games in my backlog that I want to get around to. Or maybe they're ones I don't want to get around to, but I'm going to get around to them anyway. And, of course, on Amazingly, Baka, the new anime podcast I started with my good friend Justin. All of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make over on the site. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. So always, thank you for watching. Nope, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend.